At the Cryptid Keeper podcast, we love to laugh at the darkness, but we would never laugh at the rich cultures that explore it, or the unique cultural significance of the creatures explored. The jokes within are on no one but us. We encourage additional research on the subjects covered here, and hope that a comedy podcast is not your primary source of information. Welcome to the Cryptid Keeper Podcast, the podcast for cryptids and their keepers. That's us. And if you're listening, it's you too. I'm Alex Flanagan. And I'm Addison Peacock. And I see that we're back to the time-honored tradition of catching me off guard with the intro. Yeah. I, okay. So here's the thing, though. I didn't, like, stop you in the middle of anything for that. Literally, there was a pause of, like, several seconds where it was completely quiet, and then I started. That's my understanding of what normal people do to start audio. But you made a joke, and then you just did the intro. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of like my whole... <laughs> okay, I understand. It's like my brand. I'm trying to keep it real consistent. Um, I understand. In this, the year of our Lord 2018. It is. There's so much else that sucks. It's the year of our Mothman 2018. The year of our Mothman 2018. Um, I'm going to just devise a new calendar based yeah. on the years since the first Mothman sightings. Although that's difficult to do because, you know, like, then you have to go far back and, like, which one's the first official one. And, like, so you're right, 2018. Mothman <laughs> is eternal. There you go. That was a journey. Yeah, we went some places. Are you ready to talk about a fun new boy? I am. I'm a little concerned because uh, when you got into my car this morning, the first thing you said was, I have a weird boy. I have a weird boy for you. And I do. He's a very weird boy, and I cannot stress this enough. Oh, boy. All right. So before we go down into this beautiful, like, journey of folkloric origin... yeah, just this is one of those cryptids that was like weird to research because I started looking into it and I was excited because there were a lot of pages about this this little guy. And um, I was finding all these pages that were talking about like what a consistently cited and like popular and like well-beloved weird cryptid this is and like how many encounters people have had with it and how like recent some of the sightings were. But then it's like nobody would actually show me any of the sightings and all the pages had the same one paragraph so there's like not a ton about this guy and I apologize for that in advance I decided to go ahead and do it anyway because it's like prolific enough that I thought we should cover it and there are enough like I think sort of journeys that we can take with it that will bring us around to other things and it's a close relative of several other cryptids that we might like be able to touch on and talk about so I just wanted to get that out of the way this one's not going to be a particularly information heavy episode um so if that's your thing like Please don't fault us for it. I'm giving you a disclaimer ahead of time. We're giving you an out. Yeah, honestly, just like quit now if you're not interested in hearing about this super weird boy. If you came to this particular episode for like some hard facts and like just really serious uh, discourse, I don't really know what podcast you think you're listening to. Yeah, if you came here for a gritty deep dive on the <laughs> mysterious world of, I don't like, know. It's all, you're already on presumably iTunes. Lore is right there. You yeah, go seriously, fi- you just, can go, just go find lore. lore. Really, honestly, okay, you know, that's going to do it for us today. We're going to wrap up and just turn this into a long-form lore advertisement now. Yeah, Aaron Mankey did not send us any money. If he would like to, I would like it. I would like to have the I money. would love all of Aaron Mankey's money. Please give it to us. Dear Aaron Mankey. Can we have all your money? I'm going to start doing a bit in every Cryptid Keeper episode that's just like when Wikipedia does their drive every year. And like you try to go to the page and it's just a letter to you specifically. It's just going to be a letter to Aaron Mankey at the top of every Cryptid Keeper episode. It'll be like, welcome to the Cryptid Keeper podcast. If you like what we do, Aaron, please consider donating. Dear Aaron. Dear Aaron, it's people like you that keep us out of business. (laughs) Out of business? Yeah. Why is this podcast so good? (laughs) Anyway. That was such a weirdly competitive... (laughs) 
come up for a podcast that is actually in many ways not even remotely similar to ours. They're literally not even the same thing at all. Anyway, anyway. so the boy that we're going to talk about today is known by many names. Mm. Yes, he is complex and unknowable. I mean, okay, all right. But most people know him as the Shore Laddie. Oh, boy. S-H-O-R-E-L-A-D-D-I-E, okay, just like so it exactly sounds. Yeah, how the I Shore Laddie. He's a lad for the shore. Which is obviously the thing that first immediately drew me to. You know, him. I really wish that they had stuck to that as the original. That was the original title for the uh, um, for the new Baywatch film, and I really wish sure, they stuck Laddie. to it. It was actually um, also like whenever you translate a Beach Boys song into Scottish, that's what you get. <laughs> the Shore Laddies. Anyway, so the Shore Laddie is like the colloquial name for this thing. It's also known as the um, the Beach Walker. All right, um, but its native original name um, in Icelandic is the. Uh, let me pronounce this correctly. Furalabi. So was this? Oh, so this is an Icelandic guy. It's an Icelandic guy. Yeah. You forgive me, uh, but I, from the name, assumed it must be Scottish. Yeah, and it's actually not. I don't. It's just short laddie. I don't know. It's real weird. Uh, now there is actually something of a of a similarity between this and an Irish cryptid that we'll talk about in a little okay. bit. Um, so that there might be like some sort of crossover or linguistic yeah. overlap or flow or whatever. But the Shorlady or the Fiorlavi or okay. the Fiorlali. Well, you're very I've lucky. seen it both ways. You've managed to dodge a very bad accent from me today because I don't know what an Icelandic accent sounds like. <laughs> you also don't know what a Scottish accent sounds <laughs> oh, like. Oh, I do. I just can't recreate it with my mouth. <laughs> anyway, yeah. but And I'm not going to try to do one either. Because you had the I chance also, to change your Change your feet. Would you? Would you? It's a Shorlady. Oh, that was good. Thank you. <laughs> Said the American. <laughs> oh, that's great. Oh, that was a really wow, good Wow, you sound Scotland. so Scottish. That was a great Scotland. Wow. Just uh, God, you just all you're missing is is just a, is a haggis. Wow. <laughs> all right. Wow, amazing. Okay. Oh, um, wow, been a while. Yeah, so we will call back. <laughs> so if you've been blowing through those archives. Oh, we're not allowed to do that. <laughs> no, we can't. No, sorry. We haven't earned the right <laughs> to be self-referential. Anyway, anyway. I apologize. The funeral lolly. Tell me about it. Um, and that's just sort of the pronunciation I'm going to, like, go with, and I hope it's right. I did try to find someone to tell me what it is, but again, despite everybody apparently loving this thing, nobody will tell me anything about it, so. Oh, man. Let's go. Here's the thing. If you're an Icelandic listener and, and you will want and you want to tell us how to say this thing, please record yourself pronouncing it and send it to us because we really want to know. Yeah, I get the first part for sure. It's definitely fjord because, like, fjords, right? That's, like, a yeah. thing, and it's, it's from, like, the fjords, so that's... Right, and then like I think L A L L I is lolly. That seems right to me. Jorlali seems correct. Anyway, but I also don't know the rules of pronunciation yeah, in Icelandic. Weird. So this guy anyway. is a ram-sized creature. Okay, who is found mostly along the coasts of the West Fjords. Very nice. He's a beachy boy, and so like if you're camping or uh, fishing or herding, actually a lot of shepherds encounter this creature hmm. um, on the fjords. Then you'll run into this guy. He's described in some places as being similar to one of several things, which would be uh, like a ram. He is ram-sized and has some interactions with sheep that we will discuss later. And so, like, that's kind of mm-hmm. a, a usual pull. Um, also, seal. He's very seal-like. Okay. Um, he's got Some people describe him as being, like, similar to an otter. Mm-hmm. He's kind of got, like, an otter facial structure, so I can see that, too. Or, like, a bear or any of those, that sort of world. That's the world we're living in. I feel like we say this a lot, but those are all very different animals. Yeah. So basically, like, if you look at the intersection of, on opposite ends of the scale, like, seal and bear, you can see where, like, those other things sort of start to fit in. Yeah. Like, on the scale between seal and bear, I think otter is about halfway. You know how people always say, like, when two people recount uh, the same event and they tell it differently, the truth is somewhere in between. Exactly. It's like you take the two opposites of the yeah. set, you know, the opposites. Yeah. Um, you know how seal and bear are Yeah, opposites? you know how seal and bear are opposites. Yeah. And then the answer is probably somewhere in between. Uh, very good. Yeah. 
So that's this guy. That's the Fiorellali. And he uh, has some very redeeming qualities and some very condemning qualities. All right. Let's talk about the cute stuff first. Okay. You know, I always want that. He is pretty adorable. I mean, in most pictures I've seen, he's, like, very cute. He... Uh, imagine, like, an R.O.U.S. from, like, The Princess Bride, uh-huh. but with more of, like, a rounded, like, chubby otter face. Mm. Yeah, he's really cute. He's got long uh, brownish-gray fur, and it's usually described that he's got, like, shells and barnacles and stuff twined up in it, so he makes, like, a jingling sound when he walks. Oh. Now, question. Are the shells and barnacles in there by accident, or did he, like, braid them into his fur? I, I believe they're by accident, but he may have braided them in. They're I don't know. Or, I, I mean, they might be. Uh, the difficulty there is that people, there's some discrepancy on whether or not he has webbed feet or hooved feet. So the hooves would make that hard. The little webbed fingers, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I do know that otters love to carry, like, their favorite rocks and shells and things with them. So that mm-hmm. maybe. Yeah. Maybe it's intentional. I kind of get the impression, though, that it's just like he's not very well groomed. And so these things just sort of happen. (laughs) So he jingles when he walks. He, like, clanks a little bit. Um, The Cryptids Wiki describes it as a signature jingling, which I find cute. Um, And again, whether the creature has hoofed or webbed feet is unknown. Okay. Now, let's talk a little bit. I hope it doesn't have hooves. Let's talk a little bit about the... Less savory aspects of the Fioralali. Oh my god! Everything has a dark side in 2018. Yeah, I'm just it, everything. No one, no one is pure of heart. Uh, we to, did. The, I know. We just did that last call. week. It was a callback. Okay. It was a callback. Give me a break. All right. So the Fioralali uh, is chiefly believed to be vegetarian. All right, Sam. Nice <laughs> shout out. With the exception of one highly specific niche interest, which is pregnant women. Oh. Do you like the tiny boar boy I brought you this week? No. Yeah, me either. I, I don't really. Yeah, he's into pregnant women. He just wants... Oh, no, that's terrible. I won't say that. And no one on the internet will clarify this either. I don't know whether it's a... He just wants to eat them, and for some reason that's specifically what he wants, or if there is, like, a more perverse fascination if there's that's a, an angle there if there's like a uh, red tube kind of fascination is that i you know what i'm not gonna go into like speculation oh no about i don't want to speculate it's, it's whole deal uh but yeah places on the internet just describe it as like a particular penchant for or an uh. unsettling interest in and i'm like dear god <laughs> what are we doing here um yeah oh, well okay maybe maybe and call me an idealist who just wants to look on the bright side, but maybe rather than it being some kind of unsettling like fetish or a, a vor thing, maybe um, or like a consumption thing, a predatory thing, maybe uh, it's just one of those really obnoxious things that when it sees a pregnant woman, it's just like, oh my god, like gotta touch the bell. Oh, and then people just freak out because well, just because it's like, a monster coming after you. And also, just you. like don't do that if someone didn't give you permission. Yeah, don't just touch don't. a pregnant that's person's stomach. So weird, stomach. And so it's wrong. Weird. But like, I'm thinking maybe that's just maybe that's the unsettling. Maybe. Maybe. I mean, it, it is unsettling. To put its little paw on the on the uh, belly. There's also some there are some accounts of it um, preying on sheep. At which point, I'm like, you guys don't know what a vegetarian is. Just use yeah. the word omnivore. Yeah, I was that's say. that's a word that exists. I don't know why we can't. That just is exactly go with like it. the people, like kids, when they're like in middle school, and they'll be like, "I'm a vegetarian, except I eat chicken and I eat mm-hmm. steak and I eat." Yeah. Although, uh, here's the other thing. Mm. And this is what makes me think that the pregnant woman thing is kind of like a crossover thing because um, in addition to apparently preying on sheep, he also preys on sheep. 
Like, like he, uh, he impregnates them. Oh, I thought you meant, I thought you were going for wordplay. You meant he literally, like, prays to God on top of a sheet. he is a predator and a predator. Okay. I mean, I don't want to be that person, but do we know the sheep don't consent? We don't. Although, do you want to know something biologically fascinating? Yeah. They're apparently compatible. (laughs) Oh. Because there are offspring. But are they viable offspring? I don't know. They are described as deformed. Yeah, I was going to say. Well, I was. But I don't know if they're, like, biologically viable. Um, I don't know if they can have children. I just know that they end up looking real weird. Yeah. Well, I mean, as is to be expected. Yes. When you combine those two. Yes. Yeah. Oh, that's a crossbreed. That's all right. It's a lot. It's a lot. It's ram-sized at least. Like, Yeah. Exa- well, and I think that's why people go out of their way to describe it as ram-sized. Make it less troubling. <laughs> Make it a little bit less bad. Make that coupling less upsetting. <laughs> it's still pretty bad. Uh, just a few more things to run down. The shore laddie is described as the most commonly sighted cryptid in Iceland, which, okay. again, like I saw in several places, but can't seem to actually find the wealth of sightings I'm looking for. Um, and I think a partial reason for that is a lot of them are just oral history sightings and not recorded anywhere. Mm-hmm. But several of those like personal accounts are actually kept in a monster museum in Iceland. Okay. And we'll talk a little bit about that monster museum because it came up a lot yeah. in my research and it's super neat. There are like four distinct sort of types of sea monster in this area of Iceland, all that are sort of like have their sub branches or whatever. Um, and the Fjordalia is one of these that's like fairly common. Mm-hmm. Um, it's apparently been sighted since the 1700s. And I saw another source that indicated that the last known sighting or the last like notable sighting was in 2014. Okay. So, so not pretty too recent. long ago, yeah. Right, yeah. But again, a lot of these are sightings of like shepherds or itinerants or people who are like just passing through the area and encounter or see one of these things. And it's not necessarily like an academic scholarly study. It's very mm-hmm. much more like folk history. Yeah. It's like um, the kind of thing that you you see it and then you don't write it down anywhere or post it on the internet, but you go to like the nearest, I don't know anything about Iceland, tavern and you mm-hmm. order a cup of snow and you... <laughs> And you tell them your story. I don't, delicious steaming hot snow. I don't know. I assume there's probably some kind of cured fish involved. I don't know oh, much about Iceland. cured fish, yeah. I'm very sorry. I don't know anything about Iceland. That's okay. This creature is most commonly seen during sheep breeding season and is com- commonly accused of impregnating uh, the sheep there and creating deformed lambs. Oh, no. Yeah. So that's our overview. I think they're beautiful. That's our overview on the Furalali. The shore laddie. The shore laddie, or the beach walker, yes. The beach walker. Now, another cool, fun thing to know about the Fjordalali and the prevalence of sea monsters in Iceland is that these guys were just recently actually uh, sort of immortalized in a series of official stamps. Oh, for Iceland. boy. Would you like to see the Fjordalali stamp? I would love to see the stamp. I would love for you to describe this guy. <laughs> I think he looks like, um, he looks like a seal. Um, mm-hmm. with red eyes and, like, a pug pug nose. He does have a pug snoot, yeah. And um, the facial hair of someone who recently became Prime Minister of England. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> yeah, that's good. That's a very good description of this boy. So, yeah, he does look like a, a seal boy, kind of. He's a pug um, seal. With the exception of they don't have flippers. They do have, like, legs. Oh, so no, that's a little that. disturbing. Um, oh, I hate it. I hate yeah, it. I hate yeah, yeah. Um, and he's he's furry, so like definitely the seal more body like, form. So more otter than seal. More otter than seal, although definitely like seal adjacent. 
Yeah, they, he's typically described as a fat, wet seal, according to yeah. this particular description that goes with the stamp. Yeah. Uh, he's a creature that's said to be stalking the beaches of Iceland. So there's so there you go. one thing that would make me hate that descri- the descriptor of it um, a little bit more, and that mm-hmm. is if it had hooves. Yeah, that would be super bad. Why does anyone, even just, even if it does have hooves, why would anyone tell me that? Yeah, how, how very dare they, Why would honestly. anyone make me see what I'm seeing in my head now, which is a seal body with, like, just, like, classic sheep legs or goat legs and hooves, and I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. I'm imagining it. Also, that just doesn't make Hooves would get stuck in the... Okay, no, maybe I'm uh, maybe I'm, I'm I'm revealing that I know very little about Iceland. Um, <laughs> do the beaches in Iceland, are they sand? Um, I think it's more like rocky and, and okay. grassy. They're, I was just about yeah, to say. It's, it's more the fjords, like okay, where it, thank it you. juts up against the sea. Um, I personally am more inclined to believe that they have the little like ottery feet. Little webby feet. They're like webbed, but with, with distinct toenails and things. Do they have little fingers? Um, I think so. And there's another picture here that I'll show you that more sort of is in line mm-hmm. with what I'm personally envisioning. Um, um, and this is an article from the Reykjavik Grapevine. Okay. Which is an online source that I think is sort of... And I, I don't know a lot about it, but it's a culture article from that website. Nice. And it's their Monster of the Month. So, Oh, wow. I like yeah, this publication. It's so this Monster of the Month is the Fewer Lobby or the Shore Laddie. And here's the picture of it. This, <laughs> to me, yeah, it looks much more um, watery. Although now that you've described pug face, I can't see it any other way. It's a pug face and a gremlin mouth and an otter body and, like, weirdly raccoon hands. Yeah, they, they are little raccoon hands. I don't know why I said raccoon. I've never said raccoon. Raccoon? Raccoon? <laughs> I don't. Nothing sounds right anymore. I love them. They're there trash are cats. no good words. <laughs> They're trash cats, and I pet them every day. I don't. I want to. So this was published on March fourth, twenty sixteen. Okay. Um, and this one does include a bit of a sighting. Oh. So it is like second or third hand, but I it's still a cool one, and I think it's worth yes, noticing. please. I, I'm ready. Uh, this is by John Rogers. Okay. Who is at Brain Love on Twitter? Does he love brains, or does his brain love everything? Uh, you know what? Given what I found about the Fioralali when I started looking closer, I'm going to leave that dog lie. Okay. Let him sleep. Inhabitants in the West Fjords often catch sight of an animal emerging from the sea and onto the shore. Some believe it to be a sea otter, but the locals refer to it, as previously mentioned, as a shore laddie. They say that its size and shape resembles that of sheep. The shore laddie is most often seen on land during the breeding season of the ewes, allegedly to serve as their ram. It is said that when ewes frequent shores where a shore laddie has been spotted, unusually many deformed lambs resembling the shore laddie in appearance are subsequently born. Oh. Many accounts support this, including this one. One early winter evening in Bjarnehofen by Breidefjordr, six men went out to see whether missing sheep had returned to the farm. They observed something moving by the shed and rushed to grasp hold of the sheep and take it inside. When they came closer, they realized that this was no sheep. They formed a circle around the creature, which then took off toward the sea, pursued by the men, including my narrator. It ran as quickly as a dog and escaped into the ocean. It had a short, round head, but otherwise resembled a dog rather than sheep. It had a hump on its back and jumped frequently as it ran. That was just a dog. With a hump on its back, who was really into sheep and also ran into the ocean. That was just a dog. <laughs> that was who? a mer dog. Okay. Fair, I guess. He's on land, but as soon as his feet touch the water, as soon as his little his little uh, toe beans touch the water, he grows his fins and his gills and his tail, and he swims away. I have seen people describe seals as mer dogs before, though, and that delights me. Yeah, he swims away to join his family. That's pretty good. Yeah, so this description does include, like, having a hump on its back, which I don't think mm. so much is, like, a distinct element of it so much as its back is, like, arched mm. in a way. 
Um, but that is the the usual occurrence that when they're talking. That takes away ab- from the seal descriptor a lot for me. Yeah, but that is the sort of the description that comes up when they're talking about these second generation Fiorlali lambs uh-huh. is that they have a similar hump on their back. I get a weird and troubling thought. Yes, it's it's just a strange. No, no, bear with me. Stay with me through this. Doing my best. Are you familiar with Kim Possible? Uh, yes, uh, like adjacently. I never really watched it all that okay. much, but I, I am I know of it. Have you seen any episodes of it? I've seen snippets. Okay. Um, there's an episode of Kim Possible. Now, stop me if you've heard this one before. Okay. There's an episode of Kim Possible where the uh, the cheerleaders, of which, you know, Kim is a is a member, the cheerleading squad mm-hmm, of right. um, the high school in the series, which I do not remember the name of, but I guess it doesn't matter, is on a trip. They're going, I believe, to a game. I have not watched this since I was approximately mm-hmm. nine. Um, and their bus breaks down in this, like, swampy area, and there is this, like... Essentially, sorry, spoilers for a television show that went off the air in like 2007. But um, there's a uh, there's this this like lake that's full of like essentially it's like radioactive like chemical runoff that oh, okay. like turned a former student of the high school into like this like fish monster. Oh my god! He's like a villain of the series, yeah, and he's like this fish monster, and he's trying to uh, infect everybody else and make them fish monsters oh. too, so he's not alone. It's like really dark for that's a kid's really show. upsetting. Yeah, actually, um, to be fair, I don't remember a lot about the episode beyond that because I mainly just remembered the nightmares it gave me. Fair, because <laughs> I was like eight, and I wasn't prepared for that much uh, intense storytelling from my yeah, no kidding. But what I'm saying is, in a roundabout way, that. A pug was dunked in this radioactive water. Oh, they dunked a pug <laughs> in the radioactive swamp Why water. Why were they doing that? And they made and they made him, and he got maybe a little bit bigger. Maybe he grew into the to ram size. Yikes! And maybe he and his and his feet got got all webbed. Oh, and his feet got all webbed, and uh, his eyes got all red, and now he's the uh, shore laddie. Oh no! And what he's trying to do is bring a sheep to the to the. To the to dark be his aquatic waters. bride. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I um. I don't love it, <laughs> but it is interesting. Uh, thank you. Uh, okay. Let's duck over to the website of the um, Iceland Monster Museum. That's a hippo. It's not a hippo. <laughs> okay. it's, it's not. Okay. It's an Icelandic monster museum. Okay. She was talking about the picture of the shore laddie on this page, which is not... I, I can definitely see why you would think it was a hippo. It's got a very similar body form. I guess that's what they got when they crossed seal and sheep. So everybody's got some very different ideas on He's the He's got a lot of folds. Yeah. And so here's the thing. You see, like, there are the shells and stuff in there. I mm-hmm. think it's supposed to be fur. Mm. It's just, like, a very shiny-looking depiction. Okay. Which gives it more of a skin texture that I don't love. I don't like it. I don't like the idea of its skin strips having <laughs> shells in them. That's bad for me. I don't I don't mean to speak for you, but it's bad for me. You have to set boundaries. <laughs> yeah. And the name of this Icelandic monster museum, which I will be referencing several times, and so I hope to God I pronounce this correctly. Mm-hmm. I'll do my best. Is the Screams La Cetrio, which I think is close to correct. Uh, there are word elements in the name of this museum that I see come up again and again in the names of the actual monsters. So, like, the screams part comes mm-hmm. up a lot in words that, like, mean monster or have that in them. So Which I'm, is fun because it sounds like screams. Screams, yeah. yeah. It might be screams, but the accent over it makes me think that it's screams. S-K-R-I-accented M-S. <laughs> Sometimes this is a linguistics <laughs> podcast. Sometimes it is. So, the Shore Laddie. Yes. Location, Iceland. First seen, 18th century. Last seen, summer 2014. All right, so that's consistent across the board. Yeah. Fun fact, our vegetarian. 
They're not, though. They allegedly and somewhat bizarrely have a perverted penchant for pregnant ladies. Oh. So that's coming to you straight from the, like, the Sea Monster Museum, like, the official authority. Like, I mean, you're into what you're into, but, like, don't make it other people's problem. Yeah, right? Seriously. Don't don't force that on other folks. If you, like, the Shore Laddie can get a Fat Life account and do what he wants. Yeah, I'm sure like, there are websites for that. Yeah. Okay, so the Shore Laddie. Sightings of four species of sea monster have been reported at various sites around Iceland. So this okay. one we've already talked about is the Fjordlali, the Shorlali. Nice. There's also the Hafmar, which is the sea man. I'm definitely not pronouncing that one correctly. The Skellius Grimsley, which is a shell monster. Uh-huh. And the Faxas Grimsley, which is the main monster or seahorse monster. Nice. I want to know about these. Yeah, we can talk some more about them. I, I did look up enough to, like, hopefully have something of a conversation Yes, please. I would love to talk about So we'll talk more them. about those guys. But the Fjordalali, the Shorlali, is, an, and again, stated here to be the most frequently sighted sea monster in Iceland. So I do believe that. I just don't know how they're getting that information. I believe that they believe that. I believe that they believe it. Yeah, exactly. Apparently, hundreds of stories exist dating back to the 18th century about this creature interacting with humans. I just can't have them. <laughs> Yeah, I know lots of people who've seen the Shore Lottie, but you wouldn't know them. They go to a different school. Yeah, they're all in Iceland. You wouldn't know them. They uh, live in Canada. Uh, it's been spotted in all of the southern region of the West Fjords, as well as the many islands of this place. I'm not even going to begin to try to pronounce. <laughs> but it's off, like, the shore of the, the West It's West off Fjord. the shore of Island Redacted. Yeah, basically. Isle Redacted. There it is. So here we go. This is the Skrimslas uh, Letsriafs little snippet on the shore laddie. Yes. This ram-sized creature is covered with brownish fur and has fangs and face similar to seals and otters. There is a debate about if this creature is hoofed or if it got webbed feet. <laughs> Translations, am I right? Oh, no, no. This actually supports my theory. It got webbed feet. <laughs> it received it webbed feet. It traded its hooves. It, no, I'm not... And res- acquired a thirst for... No, let's make something clear. It never had hooves. <laughs> okay. It, But it did get webbed feet. <laughs> It went what to the. It, it made an unholy trade. Okay, with whom? I don't know the devil. <laughs> okay, maybe you've heard of him. <laughs> maybe you've heard of him. The, uh, I don't know the devil. The ocean devil? Is that just Poseidon? No, I think it's Ursula the Sea Witch. Oh yeah. He made an unholy deal with Ursula the Sea Witch. Okay. And he actually, um, fun fact, you'll never hear any descriptions of the Shore Laddie's uh, cry because he gave away his voice. He gave away his voice to Ursula the Sea Witch, who now sounds like a seal otter. Yeah, but here's the thing. Something they don't tell you about the Shore Laddie is he once had the most beautiful voice, the most beautiful, like, <laughs> operatic tenor in all the land. Oh, my God. Oh, man. Amazing. He used what? to just stand on the shore singing arias, but his hooves would sink into the rocks, and so he needed to make a trade. I thought you said he never had hooves. <laughs> I messed up. <laughs> No, it's not his hoofs. Where's the lie? These inconsistencies are killing me. <laughs> Sorry, you're right. Rewind. Okay. So anyway, he would stand on the shore and sing the most beautiful arias, but uh, he longed to be a faster swimmer and he needed webbing between his little feet. So he traded the anthropomorphic human feet he had before. <laughs> no, he always had little, little, like, raccoon feet. <laughs> they just didn't have webs? No webs. That's a really weird... Like, evolutionary mechanism. Alex, Why would a sea creature develop raccoon feet with no webs? Well, he wasn't always a sea creature, Alex. Okay. So the sea creature thing is new. So why did he want to swim? Well, he's not called the sea laddie. He's called the shore laddie. 
okay, but then why did he inexplicably decide that he needed to be able to go real fast in the water? <laughs> I don't have all the facts. I just know that I'm going to argue with whatever you tell me. Oh, okay. You're one of those people on the internet. Not normally, but it's fun right now, and I kind of am starting to understand why YouTube comment sections are the way that they are. I'm going to go into every YouTube comment section now and just divert it to talking about the Fioralali. You know how, like, You'll see a collapsed comment thread one time. Oh, yes. and somebody's like, I'm 12 and this is my favorite song. And then like 237 comments later, well, actually, Nazis were bad. Oh, yeah. Or you'll see like, well, that's why Marxism was an ineffective yeah. <laughs> political theory. Um, and I'm like, how did we get here? But I also never care enough to uh, expand the comment section. Yeah, now I'm always out. a little bit curious, but I think I'd rather just leave the narrative fiction in my mind. Mm-hmm. Well, Alex, I think you should take a lesson from that. And apply it to the shore ladder. Wow, I played myself. Yeah, you did. Okay, and according to this museum, it was last seen in summer of 2014. Okay. In Arnor Mm-hmm. I think. Perfect. <laughs> I love it. Thanks. There are still, to this date, witness accounts of them prowling the beaches and coves of the West Fjords of Iceland. Apparently. Apparently. I guess. My sister's boyfriend's cousin's roommate from three years ago told me that there have been many, many sightings. Someone one time told me that there was a whole bunch of these guys. I saw it. There was a hashtag about it. I saw it on Twitter. It's definitely true facts. Definitely for sure true facts. No, actually, I'm sure it's all true. I'm sure there's been many sightings. I'm just looking over and catching some very un- unappealing photos. Yeah, so let's talk real quickly about the other monsters yes. in the Sorry. sort of domain of this same area. So like we said, there are four types. Mm-hmm. There's the Fioralali, which is the shore laddie. Mm-hmm. The sea man, which is the one whose name I definitely don't know how to pronounce. Mm-hmm. The Skellius Grimsley, which is nice. shell monster. Nice. And the Faxash Scrimly. Which is the comb monster, the red combed monster, or the seahorse or seahorse monster? Now, when you say seahorse, do you mean it's a seahorse like a seahorse or a horse that is in the sea, like a la Kelpie? Um, well, it's a little bit both. Oh. You'll see what I mean. Okay. <clears throat> okay. I trust you. So we've talked enough about the Furlali. That's that. The shell- we're leaving him behind. Yeah, we're, he's done. He's out. Bye. He's canceled. He's busy. We couldn't get him this season. The shell monster. Or, which is, again, the uh, Skellius Grimsley, is described as a black, scaly animal, stocky in build, with a large head and massive mouth. The shell monster is not unlike hippopotamus in shape, but bigger. Okay. Witnesses have claimed it is as large as a dinosaur, and due to the shells covering its body, it has a distinctive rattling sound as it comes ashore. Okay, so this is the second one that rattles. Yeah, it also rattles, although this one is less because of... Like things caught in its fur because it doesn't have fur, and more just like the nature of its scales causes it to rattle when it walks. Wait, so its scales are seashells? Yes. Okay. That sounds actually really cool. Yeah, that's that's what I'm getting from what I've seen of this thing. Yeah. It's like a, I mean, not like a dinosaur because as we now know, dinosaurs had feathers, but it's like a. Some of us have always known. <laughs> All right, Alex, you can't guilt people just because they're late to the feathered dinosaurs game. I can't end well. <laughs> I understand. I understand you spent a long time telling the people about feathered dinosaurs and they did not accept the good word into their hearts, but you must accept the newly converted. All I right. hope that at least one track on Jeff Goldblum's jazz album is about feathered dinosaurs. I hope so, too. Do you think it, Do you think he'll, like, scat about it? I, Good God, I hope so. Anyway, this isn't about that. But this isn't about that. Um, I mean, who are we kidding? Of course it is. But also, what I'm saying is it's like a... I don't know, a dinosaur with, uh, not a dinosaur, I just said that, a dragon with seashell scales? A yeah, yeah, I lizard. could definitely see that. So if we're thinking dragon, I want you to think less, 
like Eurocentric dragon and more like Komodo dragon. Mmm. Because that's more the body form of this thing. It's my favorite kind of dragon. Yeah, I mean it's big, it's huge, but it's it's definitely more of like that sort of smooth headed, uh squat to the ground scaly boy. Mm, it definitely definitely big. more Komodo dragon, but very large. And lives in the water? Yes. All yes. right, cool. I love having more reasons not to go swimming. And this guy was last seen in 1951. Okay. So it's been a while in Arnefjordr, which He's, is where the other sighting was. He went into retirement, I understand. Yeah, and it, what's interesting to me is that these are clearly like very different creatures, but there's some crossover in the description of this guy and the Fjordalali. There just is. between like the rattling shells and rounded head. the rounded head and like the squat body. And like you said, we looked at the other picture of the Fjordalali, which when depicted less in like a photorealistic furry way, looks a lot like this guy. Mm-hmm. Obviously, the size differential is enormous. Well, I mean, like, consider. Maybe it's a larval stage. I was just about to say, or, or rather, in a cuter way, actually, <laughs> but I was going to say perhaps uh, perhaps it's a pup. Oh, I mean, yeah, maybe. Perhaps it's a pup, and people just want excuses for their sheep being pregnant. I can't—I <laughs> don't know. I don't know anymore. It's real weird, right? It's like, weird. Like, there is a historical explanation for when you're looking at monsters that, like, oh, they just come into town and they sleep with so many women. Like, there's a reason for that. Yeah. Right? I don't know what the reason is for needing to explain why your sheep were committing adultery. <laughs> <laughs> Look, the rams needed a way to make themselves feel better. <laughs> they needed to they needed to process why their wife isn't paying attention to them anymore. <laughs> so this or this actually folklorically originated with the sheep community. The sheep community because they it's easier look Alex. Mm-hmm. It's easier to make up a story about a mysterious handsome question mark stranger <laughs> coming into town from the ocean and seducing your wife than it is to admit that maybe Susan just isn't in love with you anymore. Now, I do actually really love this interpretation of it and I think this is the best angle we've found on the Fear Album so far, <laughs> which is that he's literally just the sheep equivalent of like the handsome sailor narrative. <laughs> yeah. I was thinking before that he sounds like a like a rock star that comes to town and all the all the sheep are like are all the sheep are like, "Whoa!" or actually they're like, "Bah!" Um, He's the Jason Momoa of sheep. <laughs> oh, wow. That's a bold claim, Alex. I'd be careful with that one. In that Jason Momoa is the Jason Momoa of humans, and we're like, is he a human? I don't know. He looks great. But he's a merman, so that's a whole separate conversation. Right. And this thing is a mer-sheep. I thought we talked <laughs> about this. It's a pug. Ah, <laughs> oh, whatever. I'm done with you. Whatever it is, he transcends the beauty standards of sheep. And they love it. And they love they it. They just go crazy They're for so it. They're so into it. They just go nuts for it. And the thing is... That the the other sh- the the Rams they know they can't compete, but again, it's easier to invent a fiction than to accept the fact that maybe you weren't offering your sheep wife everything she needed to feel comfortable and happy in the relationship. Yeah, I mean it's possible. Maybe, I mean like sometimes Derek the Ram, you have to look in the mirror and face some hard truths about yourself. <laughs> All right, so you were asking me about the mer horse or the combed monster or the sea horse or you yeah, know, give me the all of these various things that it can be called. And it is, it's funny that you just mentioned dragons, because this one actually is much more similar to, like, an eastern dragon type of look. Nice. It's got, like, the the comb is referring to, like, the bright red <gasps> comb on its head. Ew! Sort of like a mane type of thing, um, which I think is where the horse thing comes from as well. Oh. Although it also sort of reminds me of, like, the frills that seahorses have, it the ridges. It looks like an eel. Oh, I can definitely see that. And I, which means... These are also very surreal illustrations of them. Yeah. But here's the thing. Now that I'm picturing it as, now that I'm picturing it as an eel, I don't like it anymore. And now I hate it. Okay. That's fine. It's got a long neck. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And similar to like, I think the sort of Nessie body structure that we would think of where it's got Uh like 
the the long neck and the sort of rounded head. Uh, it's described as having a bright red mane and flashing green eyes. Okay. Uh, it's sometimes called the mare horse in Iceland. It's been frequently spotted in Enerfjordr in the west fjords of Iceland. It closely resembles the dragons portrayed in Chinese art. This may be the same creature as the red comb monster, who was known by seamen throughout the centuries. Nice. The okay. creature represented a real threat, reckoning boats and drowning its crew. I think that was supposed to be wrecking boats, but it does say reckoning here, and I kind of like that better. It, well, it is a reckoning. Yeah. Today, its diet is presumed to be of mussels and other shellfish. Well, that's nice. I yeah. Also, I'm not sure how you make the transition from sailors and entire boats to mussels and shellfish. Well, it doesn't eat the sailors. Oh. It just wrecks their shit. It just lets that meat go to waste? Yeah, because it just wants the fishy. Just lets all that good sailor meat go to waste? Yeah. That's environmentally irresponsible. There are many ways to be a villain. This one was last seen in 2010. Okay, that's not long enough ago. No. I do understand that it's not an eel, and you're describing a thing that is definitely not an eel, but my brain has decided that that's what it's picturing, and so I hate it. I mean, that's fair, is the thing. It's not Which I guess great. is how prejudice works. Which I guess is how prejudice works. So I'm really sorry to this guy. Wait, what's the sea man? Uh, yeah, so the sea man is like a really, really horrifying nightmare mermaid kind of deal. Nice. So oh, the, Alex, don't you hold out on me. You know I want that. The sea man or merman, uh, according to this website from the Iceland Monster Museum, yeah. is nothing like the mermaids of children's fairy tales. This creature is over two meters tall as it stands on its hind legs. Nice. It is described as the ugliest thing one could ever see. I was going to say, not to be fair, quick pause. Real mermaids are also not like the mermaids from children's fairy tales. It's going to get a lot worse. Oh, okay. I was going to say, we, we did a mermaids episode. Mermaids are not anything like the mermaids That's of children's true. fairy tales. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to keep reading this. Okay. The belly hangs down as the creature drags it by the surface. The merman is said to have long hind legs angled underneath it and very short hand-like front legs with claws. <laughs> oh, God. The skin resembles a larva skin as it is almost transparent. Its face is the worst part round, staring eyes, and the mouth flashes a set of long, saber-like teeth. I hate it. Well, luckily for you, this was last seen in the late 19th century. That's good. Here's the thing. I think I saw this on an episode of Doctor Who. Like, not this maybe explicitly, but I... (laughs) Nice. Um, I feel like I've seen a similar creature to this. If you're describing, like, like dragging itself on the ground in, like, larval skin and, like, Mm -hmm. like, oh, I'm just, I'm seeing something. Oh, no, what I'm seeing is a a villain from an episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Also fair. There's this, like, creature on an episode of Buffy that, like, lives in a giant, like, essentially it lives in a giant hot tub and, like, its servants, like, pour water on it to keep it moist. It's, like, a kind of sluggy larval Mm. boy. Mm. Yeah, it's gross. Would you say it's slime-based biologically? No. (laughs) Okay. I have one last thing for you. Okay, cool. This is going to be another sighting eventually, although it's second or her third hand at this point. This is an excerpt from a book written by Edward Hancocks okay. called Iceland Defrosted. Oh, I love that title. Yeah, it's good. It's a travel book, basically. And uh, the author talks about planning this trip to go search for sea monsters in Iceland. And, uh-huh. Like the, the trip itself going like just wrong at every turn, like travel things coming up and like mishaps and whatever and whatever, whatever. Not being able to like 
go to the place he wanted to go to and and uh, not actually encountering any sea monsters himself, but does spend part of the book talking about his experiences at the Iceland Sea Monster Museum and what a great time it was. Okay, and I'm not trying to uh, be rude to this book, but I do like the idea of a travel book that's just about how all the travel things were bad. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, ultimately, like, the travel book is about how Iceland itself is great. I know. Uh, it's just like, I'd been planning this monster hunting trip and, oh, I know. like, it didn't, that's it didn't pan out, but here's a cool thing. That's what makes me laugh, though, is the idea of someone writing a book. It's, it reminds me of the book there's a book, and it's actually a, a good book. It's well written, but there's a book called A Walk in the Woods about someone. Hike, uh, it's a, an auto, a memoir about hiking the Appalachian Trail, or I said Appalachian, the Appalachian Trail. And um, the thing about that is that, like in the book, it, it is revealed that they didn't actually finish the hike. Oh. And so, it, like, is and it's a good book. I mm-hmm. get it, but like, there is something very inherently funny to me about books that are like about a thing that you then didn't do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. <laughs> So um, I'll be skipping around a little bit, but I, I do want to give you some of, like, his description of the area because it's kind of fun. I always mm-hmm. enjoy when people who are not from, like, a quaint small town just try to describe the quaint small town. It's, like, oh, yeah. one of my very favorite, like, specific types of writing. So here we go. This is from Iceland Defrosted. Nice. I drove doggedly towards Bildudalur, which I, again, don't know if that's the name. B-I-L-D-U-D-A-L-U-R. I'm into it. Bildudalur? Bildudalur. Bildudalur. Bildu... Anyway. We're not doing this again. (laughs) Build a dollar. (laughs) Maybe that's right. I don't know. Look, when you need need someone to give you money that they owe you, you need to build build a dollar. dollar. All right. The town appeared to be closed for business or even evacuated. Not one of its 175 residents was to be seen. Oh. Nothing was moving except for a lone oyster catcher wandering up and down the road. The wind was blowing in from Annerfjordr, the fjord that surrounds the town on three sides, its gray-brown sides bearing down on the place and threatening to shove it into the cold sea. Another slice of dark humor. Someone had highlighted all the cracks and imperfections in the road with white paint, in preparation for repair works. With the town completely devoid of tarmac on both sides, surely this was a joke? Even the oyster catcher appeared bemused. The reason for being in this town was the Sea Monster Museum. This intriguing little exhibition concentrates on the sea monsters of Annafjordr and is based on locally garnered accounts and eyewitness testimonials of the strange, possibly mythical creatures that reside in the fjord. The museum could have been completely crass and the object of ridicule, but it has been created with so much enthusiasm that it more than pulls it off. It does a wonderful job of presenting information in an interesting and intriguing manner, even for a skeptic like me. So that is sort of like your overall just general review of the Sea Monster Museum. And he goes on to talk about, like, the museum itself and, like, how the setup of it works and going into it and what it's focusing on, including a short Mm -hmm. overview of the four types of monsters that we talked about. I want to go. Yeah, it does sound like a lot of fun. I want to go. I want to go. I want to go there. So then he says, These four were the stars of the show and featured in several of the exhibits. There were also descriptions of them by people who had allegedly seen them. There was something about these real, decent people's accounts of sightings that made me think there might just be something in it. Hearing a no-nonsense farmer from the harsh environment of the West Fjords recount what he had seen, a shore laddie, whatever, had a much greater impact on me than it would have if I'd got the story from an actor or a madman. (laughs) Sorry, I'm but just... he repeats himself. <laughs> One such story was that of Gualiger Egelson, a sheep farmer who lived on the edge of Annafjordr at Litlu Eri. One day, he saw a shore laddie. It had a thick cloak of seaweed and shells and short, stubby legs. Mm-hmm. It rattled as it lumbered along. Gualiger says it had the eyes and mouth of a sheep, but a tail that was a meter long. The shore laddie had the audacity to try and push our hero into the sea. (laughs) But in the blink of an eye, he jumped over the diminutive beast and ran for home. 
Okay, I feel like that was an inflated story, and what happened is it was walking into the sea, and he was there, and he was like, oh, it's trying to push me. Yeah. Um, the shore laddie was thought to have made its way back to the sea. It's not confirmed, but I bet Goaligar went for a stiff drink and a lie down. I feel like the shore laddie was just playing chicken with him. Probably. Though it didn't actually want to push him into the sea. What would it want from that? Other exhibits oh, well. in the museum included a model of a deformed calf born in Atradalar in the 1930s. It had two heads and four legs, and I quote... A sea monster is believed to have had its way with the calf's mother. Oh, boy. What's with all this weird... There's such a weird undercurrent to the sea monster stories in Iceland about them just getting with livestock. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It's way weird. Now that's what I call a sea cow. That's not anything. I love manatees, though. But that's not a manatee. Manatees are pretty great. Anyway, so that's basically the... uh, that's basically the shore laddie, or the beach walker, or the fjorlali, or the fjorlabi, or fjorlati, whatever you want to call it. The shore laddie and other Icelandic monsters. That are all the same Icelandic monster. Yeah, maybe. Okay, not the but one with the long, it, long yeah, neck. No, no, there are a couple other variants there as well. Although I could yeah. posit that that scary, scary merman thing is maybe the same. We're not going to talk about that boy. <laughs> I want to know why We'll never call- mention him again. Why do they call it a merman when it literally looks nothing like a human being? I have literally no clue. It's so weird. Why don't they call it the ocean larva? I know why they don't call it that. <laughs> well, you know why. Because I just said it, and it and it sent a shiver of dread and from the base of my spine. you realize you could never, ever say those two words next to each other ever again. They're cursed, actually. They are, yeah. If you say them, someone in your family will meet a great misfortune. <laughs> don't listen to this episode. All your crops will wither and die. All of your livestock will have affairs. <laughs> You'll be <laughs> consensual, steamy, but yeah. illicit. But you'll be the owner of a bunch of broken livestock families. You're going to have to deal with that someday. The fallout. You're going to have to pay for all of the sheep marriage counseling. Oh, yikes. That's rough. Anyway, um, I'm uncomfortable. Yeah, that's yes. Yes. So thank you for coming and being uncomfortable with us. Actually, like, it was cool to learn about that. I like sea monsters that are very different. Yeah. And, you know, I think there's like, and it's funny, I said out originally, I was like, oh, it's been so stupidly hot lately and we're getting into summer. And I just finished up doing like a summertime, like ocean and beach and camping unit with my kindergartners. And so I was like, well, I'll, I'll find like a fun beachy cryptid. And so when you're searching like beach cryptids, then there's one called the beach walker. You, you're like, oh, that's fun. And then you find out it's actually a horrible seal home wrecker. Um, and, we, and it's it's bad is the thing about it. A home wrecker of indeterminate species. Let's make <laughs> yeah, that clear. That's we don't know what this thing is anymore. Just yeah. You know that, according to that last one, which says a cloak of seaweed, now I'm imagining it as a snappy dresser, and the affairs make a lot more sense. <laughs> Maybe it doesn't have fur at all. Maybe it is, like, more of a, of a seal boy, and um, it just got, like, a seaweed cloak. He's a snappy dresser. He's a snappy dresser. Um, yeah, but anyway, then I got it's... into, like, looking at it, and I found that as disturbing as the creature is, one, I thought its crimes needed to be brought to light. <laughs> but two, like, the lore is fascinating. And mm-hmm. as the more I got into it, the more what I found more than anything was that people really, really love this museum and this culture out here. Mm-hmm. And so I would love to go to this museum at some point. Everybody I read an article from, like, speaks so highly of it. And there are several accounts of people saying, basically, like, look, I'm a skeptic. I went at a skeptic. I kind of loved it. And I kind of think maybe I'm... Maybe I'm I'm thinking about it, which I find to be really fun. Um, Yeah, so super cool. Their website is neat. A lot of their resources on there are cool. If you go to the actual website of the Iceland Sea Monster Museum, they do have some, like, videos and resources on there. There's one that I watched um, because I was hoping it would include, like, some eyewitness accounts. What it is instead is it's more, like, excerpts from the eyewitness accounts that I think they feature in the museum. 
Okay. So it's more of like a promotional material. But it does have some neat excerpts of like people telling their stories. So none of them are like in context, but it goes through like four or five different ones. And then it's cut to like uh, shots of the fjords and like rocky seawaters. And it's it's really great. It's very artfully done. And it's subtitled because it's, you know, it's not in English. But well, it's I'll neat. Check that out. And one of the things that I love more than anything is listening to people tell like the stories of things that have happened to them. Because mm-hmm. it's, it's way cooler than just reading about it on paper or hearing somebody else relay it secondhand. Uh, there's something about oral history that is just like deeply fascinating. But mm-hmm. but yeah, it's really cool. So check out the website. Um, if you are in Iceland, go check it out Um, and let us know, actually, if you have like pictures of it or if you know anything about it um, or if you need to correct a horrible, horrible pronunciation that I, I did today, say, also of which in, there were so many. Also, if you're in Iceland, we're sorry. <laughs> I apologize. For I what we did. I, I want to believe that I did passably on some of them. I know for a fact I butchered the name of that town that Looks like build a dollar. <laughs> and I Some apologize. like build a bear workshop. I prefer build a dollar. Build do dollar? I don't know. I really don't know. I've made two inexcusable puns out of that town name, and I think I need to go to pun jail. I mean, far be it from me to put you in pun jail, but... We'll... I can be judged by a jury of my peers. It's fine. I respect the decision of the court. I'm sorry. Are you implying your puns are on the same level as mine? Because no, no. I'm asking for my peers. Pre- wow. Uh, that'll do it for us today, I think. <laughs> yeah, I think it will do it for us today. And um, also maybe forever. <laughs> I've got to go. Uh, I've got to go uh, have Alex meet me out behind the gym so we can have a fight. Uh, and so, as always, we hope we can keep you around and stay safe out there. <laughs>